Hi, my name is Kevin McDonald, and I'm declaring my independence. Independence from what? Why, negative thoughts and energy, of course. Chief among them, hate, division, and fear. You see, I know that we're all one, and together we can solve any problem, save our planet and each other. Please, join me as we come together as one and choose a better way to be. So now, let's begin with my independence report. And welcome, everybody, to my independent report. My name is Kevin McDonald, as always, and uh, we've got a really special treat for you today. I know I say that a lot, but I really mean it today because we've got a gentleman on the line with us. He is a motivational coach. He is a two-time NCAA All-American athlete. He's an author, a coach, a wellness expert, a motivational speaker, and he travels the country talking to people about what good things that they can make of their life. He's written a couple of books as well, and we're going to get into all of that right now because I'm going to, I'm going to uh, invite uh, Corey Hicks onto the uh, podcast right now. Corey, good afternoon, sir. How are you? Good afternoon, and how are you doing? And thank you for uh, inviting me to be a part of your show. I'm definitely honored, and I look forward to it. So a great oh, discussion. Oh, it's going to be great fun, and uh, we've got uh, uh, Lisa Fairman is going to join us here in just a second, and uh, um, as soon as she rings up, and then we're going to talk about what you're doing and the books you've written and your past, um, all of the things that you've done in the past, which are which have led to where you are today. But on that note, uh, um, um, Lisa, welcome. How are you? Thank you. Hi, I'm so excited to get to talk to Coach Corey, and this is awesome. We're so glad to have you on the show, Corey. Well, same here, and thank you. So, so Corey, um, let's talk yes. about let's talk about your past because you you were a two time NCAA All American athlete, and um, I remember long long ago a guy by the name of Jim Thorpe. I'm I'm sure yes. you know who that is. Was a uh, mm-hmm. Uh, he was a, a uh, uh, he ran the uh, um, decathlon like you. Yes, and that's right. That is the hardest. And he said that that was the hardest thing that he ever did because you have to be so versatile in so many things. Tell us about your experiences as a decathlon athlete. Well, you know what? It was, to be honest, which I loved it, but it, but it was a love-hate relationship. And it seems as though every time just before I got ready to compete, I was like, I hate this. I don't know why I'm doing this. After this, this is my last one. I'm never doing it again. But you got so much joy from just your fellow decathletes. And, um, you know, for for many who don't know about the decathlon, it's it's 10 events. It's two days. And the first day is 100, the long jump, the shot put, the high jump, and the 400-meter dash. And then the second day is the 110 hurdles, the discus, javelin, pole vault, and 1500. So you pretty much have 30 minutes, 30 to 45 minutes in between each event, and it's pretty much like eight hours a day. So as you can see, it you know, and and, and I love you know some people say, what were your what were your best events? I love the jumping events. I was a seven uh, seven two high jumper, uh, 26 two long jumper. I love the jump. I love the you know the hurdles and the sprints, but I hated the fifteen hundred because that was the last event of the day, and it was a hundred meters short of a mile. So depending on how well you did, or or maybe you had some challenge a challenging first day, uh, a lot of uh, your place will be 
uh, predicated upon how well you did in the 1500s. So maybe if you had a great first day and you did well the first half of the second day, you could just go out there and run an average 1500 and hold your place. But sometimes uh, you, you knew your competition and they would say, well, hey, you need to beat this person by five seconds or you need to keep a, a five second distance from this individual in order to maintain your place. So you, you can see it would create a lot of anxiety. So that's why I said that it was a love hate relationship. But uh, the, the things that I learned from it, perseverance, determination, you had to each event you forgot, you know, if, if, if it was good, you know, you built on that. But if you had a bad hundred, a hundred meter dash to start off, then you had a short term memory. And then you focus on the next event. And sometimes that's how life is with us. Uh, although we may go through trials and tribulations, sometimes you have to have a short-term memory, mem- you know, meaning never dwelling on the things that you didn't do well, but learning from it and moving forward. So all in all, it was it was an amazing opportunity, and I really and truly enjoyed it. So. Well, and the two of you, both both you and Lisa, are are gifted in in special ways because Lisa is a marathon runner, as we've discussed before, and she's also a business owner and working together. And I would be curious to get both of your takes on uh, the situation that we kind of find ourselves in because we're we're doing this from the this podcast from a uh, remote studio where nobody can find out where I'm at so that I can't uh, catch anything before my surgery on Monday, but. Uh, uh, um, Corey, starting with you, what, what how do you uh, encourage people to handle all this crap that's going on right now? Yeah, well, you know, I, I work in, I'm a medical director in the, uh, in the pharmaceutical industry. So, you know, I, I get a chance to see sometimes firsthand, uh, some of the, you know, the anxiety that that's taking place. Uh, people are very fearful, but uh, what I would say is sometimes we have to learn to control the controllables and, and that we can't control. We don't necessarily, we can't worry about it. It's not that, you know, you, you just can't because it'll drive you crazy. But, you know, there's a lot of things that I share with individuals that you can do to really and truly build your immune system uh, through, you know, this, you know, through this virus and that's elderberry, uh, which is uh, great. Uh, for protecting yourself from viral infections, uh, you can get that from uh, a CVS, um, airborne. I load up on that or vitamin C, uh, ginger tea, which is also, uh, really and truly good for building the immune system. And, and of course, just practicing good hygiene with washing our hands very frequently. One of the things that I shared earlier before we got started was, uh, I don't necessarily, I don't wear my shoes in the house because the virus also can live on material and on rubber for three to four days. So what I do is normally spray down the bottom of my shoes with Lysol and I leave them in the garage. So there's things that we can do on our part to protect ourselves. I mean, if, if something should happen, it won't be because we didn't necessarily equip and prepare ourselves for, for what's going on. And, and again, you know, that, you know, that's what I try to offer to individuals. Everybody is not in the situation you know, where they can go out and purchase the things that they can, you know, do. But, you know, sometimes, you know, just vitamin C and good, just hygiene and making sure that we practice social distance for right now until we get a, uh, I guess, a better handle on what's taking place. And I was also sharing that, you know, this virus, uh, it also, it disrupts it at high temperatures. So I'm, I'm, I'm just hoping and being very prayerful that as the summer months continue to come on, then it'll begin to dissipate 
uh, uh, slowly uh, from the high temperature. So, you know, those are some of the things that I'm encouraging people and telling them about and just to be prayerful throughout the whole process. So. That's that's awesome, and that's that's I guess at this point that's really all we can do. I wanted to check and see if uh, Lisa, are you with us? Well, she's with us in spirit. <laughs> well, so <laughs> this is this is technology for you, and I think that there's. So I'm gonna um, see if she can uh, um, okay. can maybe log off and then log back on, and, and we'll check that out. But in the in the meantime, so. I'm, I, I, before the show began, we were talking a little bit. Uh, by the way, we're talking with Corey Hicks. He's a two-time NCAA All-American athlete and an author, coach, and we're going to talk about his books in a moment. But, uh, um, um, Corey, the, uh, the defining moment when you were a decathlon athlete and you were at the starting line of, of a race and you were about to take off and you got two steps into it, and what happened? So... Um, I had got picked up. I was on the Olympic hopeful team and I was training with Brooks Johnson, who was a two time Olympic coach. Um, he's currently the head, uh, the director of track and field over the Walt Disney wide world of sports. So, uh, being out there for a year and a half, well, year training, it was great building up to the 96 Olympics. So this was just a tune up meet, uh, that we had one, you know, prior to the Olympic trials coming about. So, there were at least three of the uh, of the top ten decathletes in the U.S., and there was one outside of the U.S., Mike Smith, that was in this meet. So everything was going well. The training was uh, going well. Uh, the progress that I had made up until that point, it couldn't have went any better. Uh, and, again, you know, so I couldn't wait for this meet because it was just going to be a way of just seeing, you know, testing where I was compared to the other guys in the field. So – uh, just, you know, freak accident, three steps into the race. I come out of the blocks and I failed. I thought I failed. I didn't necessarily know what happened. It was just something happened that was strange and it felt awkward. So I got up to try to run and I just knew that I could not run. So I jogged it in. My coach didn't necessarily know what had taken place until we looked down in my leg and saw that I had a, you know, a substantial tear. My leg looked, uh, my left leg looked like uh, a camel's back. It was a big dip in it because I tore the smallest of the quad, the rectus femoris. So um, it was devastating, but yeah, oh my goodness, it was hurting, man. I probably would have cried had I not been around so many of the (laughs) other hepatholites and the decathletes. It was like, wow. So I'm still trying to stay hopeful throughout the whole process. Uh, We didn't necessarily know that the muscle was torn. We just saw that it, you know, it was kind of like a little, well, it it, it was somewhat of a disfigurement or indention, but that could have been for many things. Until three weeks, it, things were not getting better. I couldn't really run the way I wanted to. So uh, we had some doctors in, uh, at uh, Stanford and Palo Alto that we was working closely with sports medicine doctors. So they sent me up there to get an MRI. And when they did the MRI, uh, come to find out that I had a, a substantial tear in my leg. And um, it was it was just it was heartbreaking because. You know, unlike NFL, NBA, if you get injured, you have an opportunity to lay out for about four weeks. But the Olympics only comes around every four years. So to finally get the call that, you know, that's nothing that they could do about it. And I was going to have to delay uh, everything that I had been training for, just like most of the people who are delaying the Olympics now uh, for another year. 
I mean, that's disheartening because you don't necessarily know what can transpire and happen in another year, let alone another four years. So it was it was it was a hard pill to swallow. But, you know, uh, my mother, she always tells me, hey, just keep on living. I used to tell her this will never happen. She said, never say that. Just just keep on living. So uh, one of the things that I've learned is that, you know, what don't kill you will only make you stronger and everything happens, happens for a reason. And sometimes we have to learn to use the unacceptable as motivation to push us into the direction in which we are ultimately supposed to be in. So that's what I had to take from it. Well, I am under the uh, uh, belief that there is no such thing as a coincidence that everything is is by design and and it, everything happens for a reason. And the reason yes. that that happened to you was that you were going to do some other really great things with your life and to help people out. Tell us a little bit about that. What you what you did. So, as a result of that, uh, leaving from there. Um, I just decided once I finally decided just to retire uh, that mentally that I just wasn't in the place to want to continue because it's a lot of sacrificing and dedication financially. There's a lot of things that you have to do. So I just decided to, uh, to begin coaching and to begin speaking to inspire, to encourage individuals, to let them see uh, that, you know, I, I said that, okay, Hey, maybe I didn't make it to the place that I want to be that, but that's not stopping anyone else. So, I began to share stories. Right after the Olympics, people began to invite me out to share my story in terms of what took place and what happened and how I was able to persevere. I started working with a lot of uh, high schools and youth. Believe it or not, I was a school teacher. And uh, probably one of the best things that ever happened is that um, I was a fourth grade dropout prevention teacher in South Florida. And I didn't necessarily want that position, but that was a position that came my way, but I had like 28 kids that had behavior problems. And come to find out at the end of the year, it's just not, it's not that they had behavior problems. They just needed someone to, to believe in them. And uh, me, I was at the lowest point of my life because I felt as though I had failed myself and failed others by having the injury. But uh, me pouring into them that year, them having uh, a teacher that they could say was an Olympic hopeful that was training and was only Olympic team training, but had an injury. Uh, that really and truly made their year, and they was able to uplift me to let me see how special I was to uh, to, to be able to pour into them. Uh, that totally changed things, and from there, uh, I went on to uh, coach NFL, NBA, tennis professionals, uh, corporate executives. Uh, I had an opportunity to be the director of track and field over the number uh, one, uh, the top one or people say one or two prep school in the country. I had the number one track program in the country. I coached 33 high school All-Americans. And uh, also along the way, I was able to go back and finish my master's and my PhD. And um, and just to utilize that to inspire, to encourage people. And, and I wrote two books. The first book was called Values, Vision, and Versatility. And the second book was called Vision of Inspiration. So Sometimes you have to take a lot of that displaced energy and channeling into something. But had I never gone, went through all of those things, sometimes you got to take that, that pain and turn it into passion. And that's what I was able to do. And I've been able to be a life changer and impact the lives of so many individuals as a result of that. So I'm, I'm, I'm thankful and I'm grateful uh, that, you know, God gave me an opportunity to refocus and redirect my energy to make it into something positive. So. You have got quite 
the resume with a BA in <laughs> early childhood education, a master's degree in health science, and a PhD in health and human performance. Good Lord, when did you have time for all that? <laughs> I know. You know what? I tell people when I left from being an, an athletic decathlete, I turned it into being a corporate decathlete. So, one of the things about being a decathlete is learning how to multitask, to be able to wear various hats and juggle different things. So, you know, again, that was that misplaced energy that was there. It was like, man, it's something. I, I, I'm missing something. So I was able to channel it because I knew what my vision and, and my goals were. And in order for me to get there, there were some things that I needed to do along the way to solidify my existence. Uh, so that when I finally was given the platform, I could sustain myself. And uh, that's just, you know, that was my vision. And uh, I'm glad that I was able to uh, to persevere to uh, to accomplish it. So, yeah, but it was challenging, I can tell you. <laughs> no, I, 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 of that, I have no doubt. Uh, so let's talk about your books a little bit. Your first book was titled, again, uh, Values, Vision, and Versatility, right? Yes. And... Basically, it talked about the whole premise behind it was in order to be successful, you have, you have to possess all three core foundational values, vision in order to see yourself in a moment of greatness, and versatility to be a chameleon, being able to adapt to any and all situations. And if you take any one of those uh, V's out of the equation, you have unsustainable power. And, and, and what I mean by that is a person can have values and vision. But if you're not versatile, it's going to be challenging. It's going to be hard for you to make it, you know, in this world. Or you can have versatility and you can have vision. But if you don't have values, your talents will take you places that your character can't keep you. Or you can have values and you can have uh, versatility. But if you don't have vision, you don't have a sense of direction. So that was the vision that was given to me. And what I do in this book is kind of like a... It's, 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 a, it's a precursor because I'm doing a 3D series, but to introduce what is values, vision, and versatility, and how does it impact us, this was like an introductory book to the 3D series. And, uh, and then the vision of inspiration basically talks about the vision aspect um, and its quotes. So on Instagram and Facebook, I do uh, motivational Mondays, and I write quotes all the time. So what I did is I utilized... Uh, my social media as a way of doing my marketing research for which was the best quotes that I put out. And based upon the likes, I took the best 60 quotes and I put them into 60 days of inspiration through values. I mean, through vision of inspiration. So it's just like a book. If you're feeling down uh, or if you need some encouragement every day, you can pick it up and read a, di a different quote and it'll really and truly inspire you. So. Well, that's, that's what the second book was about. That's interesting because that that is very much to like um, positive, uh, um, inspirational um, affirmations. Because if you if you yes. if you talk about positive affirmations and you go through them every day, they become part of the fabric of your life, right? That's right. That's right. Statistics say it take a person hearing and doing the same thing twenty five times before it resonates. So we have to speak into existence those things that we want to manifest in our life. So I really and truly believe in that. And uh, much of my success has been uh, uh, definitely attributed to uh, positive affirmations and speaking things into existence. 
Well, we're going to be positive affirmating that uh, Lisa is going to be able to get on because yes. I know she's dying <laughs> to ask a question of you, but but uh, apparently, apparently the technology is a little challenging at the at the moment. Oh, wait a minute. There's, here she is. We're going to give it another shot and see if she can. Uh, and, and hello, Lisa, are you back? I'm back. Can you hear me? We can. Yay! Oh, yes. Great, great, great. If you could oh take it God. off, if at least if you could take it off the speaker, that'd be great. Yeah. Okay. Let me see if I can. Just, just, just for just for sound quality, you know. Because <laughs> <laughs> this, I, I, oh what? <laughs> that's that's all right. If you can't, don't okay. worry about it. So by the by the way, while she's doing that, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you. Well, she's doing that. I'm going to tell you again. We're talking with Corey Hicks. He is a two-time NCAA All-American athlete. He's an author, a coach, a really nice guy, a wellness expert, and a motivational speaker. And uh, by the way, uh, if somebody wants to get a hold of you, Corey, can can they go to I don't know, like www.coachcoreyhicks.com? Would that get to them yeah. to you? They can get me that way. Uh, they can also reach me. At uh, win, W-I-N, at CoachCoreyHicks.com, and that's what they C-O-R-E-Y. So win, W-I-N, at CoachCoreyHicks.com, if they want to get in contact with Oh, Lisa just got kicked off. <laughs> oh, well, well, that's, that's, that's live radio for you. So in any event, she's going to, yeah. she's going to get back on in a second, but I thought I wanted to ask you when you are working with people, especially kids, are you noticing yeah. that there's a change in the way kids used to think and versus how they are now? Uh, is that, has yeah. it been a change? So there is a change, and, and what I say is, um, this is you know the, the kids now are in the microwave society. You know, some of them don't believe in delayed gratification. Uh, some of them want everything right then and right now. Now you still have a lot of youth too that believe in you know hard work and determination, but sometimes mentally the youth now can get distracted very early if they don't get the successes that they need or that they want, uh, just because. You know, they feel as though I need everything right now. And everything is a process. Life is a process. And it's uh, as interesting as it is. And when I, I, I work with my athletes, the young athletes, you know, there's there's something to learn in the failures just as much as in the successes because sometimes the failures is a part of the process. Everything that we do is a part of the process. Uh, one of the things that I really and truly believe in is mental training. Uh, yes, you can go out there and you can do physical training, but the mental training is key. Life is 90, 98% mental, or shall I say 95% mental and 5% physical, because everything that we do mentally dictates our physical, even from an anxiety point of view. Sometimes athletes are so fearful of making mistakes or doing wrong things that they can run the race or they can participate before they participate, meaning Mentally, you're participating. And when you participate mentally, it's just as much as participating physically because you are exhausted through all of the things that you've gone through. So by the time you get out there, your body mentally, uh, when those endorphins and things of that nature are released within your body, sometimes the performance is not there because uh, you've already fatigued your body mentally just through 
you know, the physical thought process. So that's a lot of things that I really and truly work with with my athletes or I've done in the past or the individuals that I work with, just the mental training, going to a place that no one can disturb you and being able to use the failures for success just as much as we thrive off the successes, uh, you know, when they come our way. So um, that's kind of like my take on that. How do you work with or how do you teach? Because you see, you look at your resume and yeah. you're, 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 you're a phenomenal athlete. Uh, you're a scholar, you're a coach, you're very well spoken. You've done all these things. How do you can, how do you talk to kids and say, well, now it took a while for me to get all that done and nothing happens instantly. Cause in this, in this society of instant gratification, they want to be a pro athlete and, or they want to be successful and they want it now. And sometimes mm -hmm. do you find that they're not willing to put the work in? Well, that's it because, see, everybody wants to emulate what they see in someone else. And that's great, but you have to stay in your lane. You know, in my book, I talk about what is your, that's your element. That's the thing that separates you apart from everyone else. And sometimes we have to have an understanding as what is your element? What is the one thing that separates you apart from everyone else? Sometimes I work with athletes that maybe the sport that they're working in, maybe there's not, that, that's not what they do. You know, sometimes my training is very intense, the mental training, the physical thing. I said, listen, I don't choose you. You choose me. And at any given time, if you want to come and shake my hand and say, hey, coach, I appreciate the experience, but this is not for me, feel free to do so. But it's a journey. Uh, probably one of the best things, some of the athletes that I've trained and worked with in the past, some of them were never the gifted athletes, but it wasn't for them uh, to to be the phenomenal athletes because just because something, sometimes the mental comes before the physical. So I had one uh, guy that I was working with and it totally surprised me. This probably, I, I had, I got an email maybe like 10 years ago and it said, coach, Hey, I don't know if you remember me. I wasn't the fastest. I wasn't the strongest person. Sometimes I didn't even have the opportunity to compete in some of the meets, but the things that I learned from you are skill sets that I, through and applied throughout you know all of my school and in college and it made me into who I am today I can remember many of the quotes and remember uh, a lot of uh, a lot of the talks that you gave us and those pulled me through some of my tough times and I'm happy to let you know because of the impact that you made in my life I'm now a proud graduate from MIT so wow to me that's that's winning you know that's winning so it's not always, yes, you know, everybody, some people won't always believe in the delayed gratification, but this is what I tell people. Sports is just a conduit. It's just an avenue to the real world. It's just preparing you for the real world. You know, you show me somebody that quit in practice, they'll quit, it, you know, they'll quit in their job. So it's just, it's just a means to the end. So at the end of the day, maybe some of us will go on to the next level and become professional athletes. Maybe some of you want, but the skill sets that you learn from the trainings that we do, you can apply them to life and, and, and utilize them to become successful. So at the end of the day, that's what I'm able to tell my athletes. And so they're not putting as much pressure or maybe if I don't, you know, okay, I didn't get a college scholarship. I'm a failure. No, you're not a failure because you're still successful. If you're growing mentally, if you're going, growing spiritually, and you're still winning. You know, my whole tagline, I tell people to always keep winning and winning all that you do. So we just have to learn and identify what is our lane. And when we find out the thing that separates us apart from everyone else that makes us great, 
and then we embrace it and we move forward, whether that be in sports, whether that be academically, whatever the case may be. But as a coach and as a life coach, you have to give people that option and let them see that there's more than one way to winning. And it's not always through sports. Sports is an avenue and, and a conduit to real life and to being successful in life. And if you utilize that to make the best out of your experience in order to put you in a position to be successful, then you're still a winner. So that's my philosophy. Exactly. I got a, got a quick story for you. And this is something yeah. I'm, I'm um, you know, a little longer in the tooth than you. But when I was way back in the seventies, when I, I played high school football and at the end of the, okay. at the and and you'll appreciate this as a coach, uh, we had a, a really nice, really good coach and we were doing a uh, hundred yard sprints at the end of the, at the end of practice, which we always did to get into better shape. And so what we would do is we'd line up at one goal line, put our hand on the line and run sprint to the other end, turn around and, and sprint back. And we did. And the, the coach, at one point, he just stopped everybody, and he said, mm. you, and he pointed to a guy, he said, you just put your hand six inches over the line. Now, you're going to run 100 yards, but you're trying to cheat out of six inches by, by getting closer to the other side by six inches. You're not going to succeed in life if you're going to treat things that way and take things and, and have it as a, uh, a shortcut. And you, you've got to do, you know, so, and that really impressed me because it was one of those things where he, and he's right. If you're going to take shortcuts, yeah. you're not going to get there. That's right. No, you're exactly right. I When I was finishing my PhD, uh, going through that uh, whole situation, sometimes we have classes that we feel that maybe I can do without, maybe I can supplement this class for another. And and uh, uh, the dean of the, the program, the department head, uh, he's a mentor to me. He uh, told me, because I was like, hey, listen, I've already taken this class. I think, you know, something that I've utilized in my master's could apply to this. And he was like, listen. He said, all of these classes are beneficial and you're going to need them for the end. Uh, but what little did I know is uh, when, you know, we had a final examination uh, through the PhD program and it wasn't just writing a dissertation before you could even get to the dissertation. You had to write, uh, you had to write this, uh, this 20 page, basically um, overview of everything that you've done. It was a 20 page for one and a 15 page for the other, but it was a population of every class all of the coursework that we had taken throughout that class. So it let me see that, you know, it's details to it. Although I may have thought that it wasn't significant, every one of those classes, I needed to know information on it. So when I went down to put together this, this ultimate, this 20 page paper, I had knowledge of every one of the classes because they wanted to see your skill sets and the things that you had learned from every one of the classes. So, you know, to that, that's just like, you know, in life, it's just like failures and things that we go to. And sometimes we may feel as though we have to take the long road. But the things that you learn throughout life will sustain you when you finally get to your final destination. It will keep you in position because there are successes and failures that are paramount that you need to know. And if you eliminate the failures and you go straight to the successes, when you fall on hard times, when you get in tough situations, when you're finally in your dream position or or your your destiny position, it'll be hard to sustain you there because the things that you would have learned along the way that you would have learned a lesson from good, better, and different, those experiences wasn't given to you, so you missed out. 
So I'm a firm believer that I really and truly believe in it. Don't take the shortcuts. Don't cheat. You know, because there's, you know, there's, there's, there's what they said, there's, there's process in the pain that we go through. Although, you know, yes, it's hurting to keep your hand behind that line, but there's some things that you're learning. There's perseverance, there's determination, there's hard work, there's fortitude, all of those things you're learning from just those additional six inches that you thought wasn't that much, but you wanted to cheat with them. You needed to get that because when you feel that pain again and you know that you've already persevered and you could, you know, endure the pain and you didn't quit when you feel it again, the same thing, you'll persevere. You won't quit because you know if you did it one time, you can do it again. Well, and I wanted to talk a little bit more about your book, uh, Values, Vision, and Versatility, because, you know, there are a lot of professional athletes, really gifted guys, and there are guys who make it, like uh, a Russell Wilson, who, who is from yeah. Seattle, and or is with, mm-hmm. the, with the Seahawks, and he... And he practices that the values and the vision and the versatility every day. And there are guys that can't make it. Is that because they weren't gifted with the values or the vision and the versatility early on? And, or did it come easy to them and they just didn't, they didn't get it? Well, I mean, and, and, and to the point we're talking about the shortcut. So remember the successes and the failures. Sometimes, and, you know, I believe in this. Uh, you know, the Bible says a disobedient child and I live out to see half of their days. Uh, and it takes a village, you know, uh, and so, and we, then we talk about it takes a village to raise a child. Along that village, there's wisdom, you know, because there's wisdom where people have been there, done that, have gone through bad times. They have made sacrifices. They have lost. And, and when these people are being transparent with you, when these coaches, when your parents are being transparent, about their shortcomings and the things that have happened to them. They're telling you so you don't have to go through it. So if somebody is. Uh-oh. Corey? <laughs> Uh-oh. Corey, are you there? Uh-oh. Corey? I think, yeah, I think I lost Corey, and uh, so we're going to endeavor to get him back. And in the meantime, we're going to see if Lisa can figure out how to get on this thing. I'm, I'm thinking that uh, let's let's see if if uh, Lisa, if you can call in again. Let's see. We'll we'll do a little. Uh, oh, hold on. And, and Corey's back. Hey, Corey. Hey, I guess we, we I, the, the call dropped. My apologies. <laughs> no, 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 no problem. In, in this, in this day, in, in this time, I've been I've been listening to a lot of broadcasts and stuff. I like on MSNBC or, or or CNN or whatever, and everybody's doing stuff from their house, and the, and sometimes they're a little technology challenged, and and That's right. and the and things tend to drop. But I think Lisa's back. I think Lisa, are you there? Yes, I'm just really enjoying listening to Corey and just all everything he's gone through and how many people he's motivated along the way. It's just amazing. No, thank you. Thank you. It's just it's been a blessing. Uh, you know, and I've I've gone through a lot and I just try to be transparent along my journey so that hopefully some of the mistakes or some of the challenges that I've had I can, you know, I can make it easier for the next person. So well, that's that is what you do 
is because your entire life has been uh, has been dedicated to helping people, and you've done it in a in a myriad of ways, and you keep on doing it. Why is it that? And this, Lisa, uh, you're still there. Yeah, I'm here. Okay, I want to ask you and ask both of you, uh, what is it about you, about your DNA, about your makeup, where you just don't give up? Lisa's a marathon runner. Corey, you're a, a, a decathlon athlete. Uh, what What is it about you that separates you from, from other folks, or is there anything other than you are who you are? You know, Lisa, um, I'll let you start. <laughs> okay, yeah, you know, so it's interesting. I my and I apologize. I don't know if it's my internet that's been going in and out. But when Corey was talking about uh, before his uh, big events, where he would feel like he doesn't want to do it, right? Like you're like, why do I do this? And and then after, yes. <laughs> it's sort of like it, it made me laugh because I've been there and on a smaller scale. But I, um, <laughs> so I was like, yeah. And then after, you're like, oh my gosh, when's the next one, right? You know, so it's sort of like having yes. a baby. You have like amnesia, and then you're like, oh yeah, yeah, that was great. <laughs> you're like, right. so, um, yeah. So there, that definitely plays a part into it. But I, I think for me, I'm like addicted to that moment when your mind. Uh, has to take over from your body, right? Where your body says, I can't go on, I can't do this. And where your mind has to convince your body and you, you, the mind takes over. And I just. Uh oh. <laughs> oh, you're back. You know, and that goes with oh, you're coaching you. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. So I, I think that's fascinating, right? So when the mind, being able to master the mind. Well, apparently you two are pretty good salespeople because I can, I can never convince my body of the, of, it's like, you can keep going. You can, Oh no, I can't. That's it. I'm done. You know, so apparently your sales technique is, is much better. <laughs> oh my goodness. I know. So I know it can, it can. So Corey, go ahead. What, what is it about you? Um, you know, and I, why, why you, what is it about you that, that has taken you to not only being a uh, world-class athlete, but also having a, getting a PhD and your doctorate and all that and, and having a coaching career. And also you work for a pharmaceutical company. You're a busy man. How do you, how do you, what is it about you? <laughs> well, you know what? It's just, uh, I don't accept the unaccept. I mean, I, I, I don't settle for mediocrity. And when I was growing up, sometimes when you didn't always have, when you didn't always have the best at everything, uh, some of those things, you know, those things make you hungry. Or someone, you know, told you what you couldn't do. I've never been one that will accept if someone tells me that I can't not do something. You know, I believe my motto is to no star killing. That's when I stop asking. So, no, the word no has never killed anyone. Just hearing the word no, uh, just asking, you know, whether it be playing in sports or, you know, uh, education wise. So that has always been my model that has really and truly uh, drove me to be the person, the change agent. Just the fact that there's a way you can be successful. You know, there's, um, you know, graduated from high school and I always tell the story. I graduated high school. I probably had maybe a 1.9 or 2.0. <laughs> if that and it wasn't that I couldn't do the work it's just that I chose I didn't even know I was smart I didn't even know I was in gifted classes and you know I, when I did find out it's like why am I in here because I didn't know my worth and I didn't know my value and what was I able to communicate 
uh, my value. But, you know, after you have always, you know, been, I, I won't say been at the bottom of the totem pole, but you haven't gotten the success that you want when you taste, when you taste, you know, of, of success, you don't want to let it go. So it was like, wow, man, this thing is easy. Had I only applied the same effort and tenacity that I was doing in one aspect of my life and the other, look at what happened. So when I began to feel that good feeling, I never forgot when I was sitting in the counselor's office and here it was, I wanted to go to college and I had all of these scholarships. You know, I was, uh, I was, you know, Mr. Track at my school, uh, all state, you know, I played both football and track and field. But then when it came academically, because I had not placed myself in a position to hear, well, you're not going to be able to go to that school. I didn't accept that. Uh, so what I ended up doing, I ended up getting, I had a, a scholarship, a division one scholarship offer, but I ended up taking and going the JUCO route. And when I went to ju junior college, they wanted me to take remedial courses and I refused it. And I said, no, I'm not doing that. And I didn't. And the first, my first semester, I finished with a three, two, five. Um, and I graduated college, uh, taking, I graduated with from three years because I was doing an associate's degree and then I had to change it to a four-year degree because you couldn't have a scholarship and have a two-year associate's degree. So it's basically like I had to start over. So I finished my undergrad with a 325, my master's with a 4.0, and my PhD with a 3.84. All because, you know what, I refused to, you know, I refused to accept that I could not do it for somebody to tell me. Only thing you had to do was say you can't do it. And just to hear that, it's something about that word, which you can't do. It doesn't, you know, I, you know, it don't even exist in my vocabulary. So that just fueled me and it has always continued to fuel me throughout my whole life that uh, I refuse to accept what I can't do. Where did you get that from? Who, who was a mentor to you that helped you learn that? Seeing my father and uh, my mother, you know, my father, uh, just so he could take care of us. And my father would work an eight-hour shift. And he would come home, uh, get home about four, and then he would go back and work another eight-hour shift. Uh, so right. just seeing the things that he did, you know, just so you know, we could have the things, my siblings and I could have the things that we had. And he would always tell me, do things right the first time so you don't have to go back and do it a second time. And uh, just just seeing him, it wasn't he wasn't always the one when I was growing up to say it a lot, but it wasn't what he said, it's what he did. So watching him in his action and my mother, you know, her always instilling because, you know, she'll be quick to tell you what's on her mind and how she's feeling. And uh, just to see them and, you know, seeing my mother even battle breast cancer and to go through all of that, you know, it came back twice and she was able to be a survivor, seeing her go through the chemotherapy and, and wanting to give up but didn't give up. All of those things and, you know, my coaches along the way. Uh, my professors, uh, you know, my, uh, my undergraduate professor, I had a, a, a Dr. Walston who taught me a lot. He said, you know, he said, Corey, sometimes it's not, uh, it, it's not, uh, it's not who you are or what you have. It's your personality that will take you far. Uh, and just those things, you know, just, you know, selfless, being selfless and learning to be humble, uh, throughout the whole process. And, um, and, and, and again, finding my lane, the key thing is finding my lane. When you find your lane, you know, life isn't hard. You know, we make it hard by trying to emulate something that we're not. And we continue to fool ourselves to think that, you know, this is what we supposed to do. But when you take a step back and when you really truly find the thing that resonates with you, 
uh, that's when you will and truly get your joy from. Lisa, do you have a question? Um, you know, I just, I think this is all so fascinating, Coach Corey. And I just, there's one quote on your site that I just love of yours. It says, to believe in your journey is to understand that your existence on earth is a necessity. Keep winning, Coach yes. Corey. Love it. Love it. You know, mm, in that thank you. we're all here for a purpose. And, you know, it's just finding that purpose and finding that motivation, but that it's necessary that we are here on earth and, and we do, you know, we, we've got this journey and this path and it just, I love, you know, what you say about integrity, um, being able to succeed, but still having our integrity about us. And I just, I think that's just such a great thing. And I, I'm, I, you know, I'm really just thrilled to get to listen to you and our, our listeners to listen to you. And um, yeah, I know it's fantastic. I did want to add in, if I could, uh, that both of you have said something that I found to be really true in my life. And that is this. And so if you want to write this down, ladies and gentlemen, you need to, well, you don't need to do anything, but it would be great if you wanted to, to if, you, if you choose to, write this little bit of information down that Corey said a moment ago and Lisa has said before also, which is this. When you want to make a change, you and if things are really, really hard for you, if, if, if it's not working right, if it's hard, 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 you can't do it because it's hard, change it. It's now easy. It's fun. It's easy. You can do this. I had a, a gal that was in a network marketing club with me, and and uh, uh, we were all lamenting the fact that it was really hard to go talk to people, and it was hard, and it was icky, and it was uh, terrible. And we, none of us, she made a paradigm shift, and she said, it's easy. I can do this. It's easy. She is now a multimillionaire with that company because wow. she made that switch. And that's what you two both, and Corey, that's what you do is even yeah. though you've done all the things that you've done, a lot of people would find it, it's really daunting. That's really hard what you did, but you did it and you may, and it, and you had said it earlier. It was easy. That's right. I mean, you know, I, I, I like quoting the Bible. It says obedience is better than sacrifice. Sometimes you just have to be obedient. Even if you don't yeah. understand why why something is happening i've had uh you know things uh, what we call detours in life and sometimes those many times those detours are good detours because they are meant to push you in your purpose so just say right now you're in a, a position something that is you know you're you're fighting tooth and nail listen to what you know listen to what the universe listen to what god is sometimes trying to direct you because maybe it's hard to get you to stop and rethink Maybe it's hard to get you to apply for that position that you've been seeing that you want to apply for or to uh, register to further your education. Maybe those things are hard to really and truly give you a moment to think and then for you to have that conversation like with me getting in the PhD program. I said after my master's, I wasn't doing anything. I was done. And a good friend of mine that I met with was in this PhD program and he introduced me to uh, the, the guy that was over the department. Uh, and, uh, when he introduced me to it, I got, you know, I finished and he was like, man, I think this program would be awesome for you. And I was like, you know what? I'm not doing that. I'm saying this in my mind. 
and I even, you know, they wanted me to take the uh, GRE of the mat, and I said I wasn't doing it. So I intentionally didn't take it when I applied because I wanted to get turned down, but they accepted me anyway. <laughs> well, three classes, yeah, and you know, so and and that's funny. So three classes into it, now I'm doing well. They said, hey, in order to continue classes, you got to go back and you got to take that test. So I did it. But you see how sometimes life will strategically uh, put forth parameters to push you in the place you need to be. But I always tell people, faith are opportunities that are presented to us, good, bad, or indifferent. But your destiny is directly connected into the, uh, connected into the decisions that you make. So although faith comes our way, good, bad, or indifferent, your destiny is tied into the decisions that you make. So we still have to be obedient and we still have to have that internal or that moral competence on the inside that's guiding us in the right direction to make sure that we do the right thing when we're supposed to do it in order for our destiny to turn out the way we want it to happen. So That's awesome. By the way, we're talking with Corey Hicks. He's a two-time uh, NCAA All-American athlete. He's an author, a coach, a wellness expert, and a motivational speaker who works with uh, athletes and young kids and anybody he wants to. If you want to work with him, you can do that by going to www.coachcoreyhicks.com. And the other website again, Corey, was? It's, uh, on my email is win, W-I-N, at Coach Corey, and that's C O R E Y, CoachCoreyHicks.com. Okay, um, we're coming to the end of our time together today, but I wanted to give you the forum to be able to talk to the world because this podcast is going out to the world. I'd like you to give um, give us some advice. Today, I think we could use some. Well, I mean, I guess the biggest advice, especially with the things that are taking place in the, in, in this um, in the world, is uh, learning to control the controllables. So uh, there's many times that sometimes, as humans, we want to control everything that takes place around us. Is that we want to always be in control, but sometimes you know we just don't have the control that we want to have. But that doesn't mean that we give up on in life. That means that we still control the things that we can control. There's still a lot of positive things that we can do to steer ourselves in the right direction. Again, with now, you know, with the virus and all of these things, all it's not lost because there's things that we can do. We can still encourage individuals. We can use this time to really and truly make ourselves mentally and physically and spiritually, uh, spiritually better. We can reach out to push partners, people that we know they're going to really and truly tell us what we need to hear and not necessarily what we want to hear. And then we can also make sure that we're adhering to uh, the, the rules and the regulations to make sure that we're putting not just ourselves, but everyone around us in a position to be successful uh, by, you know, making sure that, again, as I shared earlier, that we're doing the things to take care of our immune system. We're doing the things to make sure that from a sanitary point of view, washing our hands, uh, that we're minimizing the risk. But at the end of the day, this is only a temporarily what I call an involuntary timeout. And if you look at it from a positive way, it's an opportunity for you. Some of us have always said that we wanted vacation time. We needed some time for ourselves. Uh, but this is a time that you can really and truly pour into yourself, you know, to use the unacceptable as motivation to make us the best, you know, the best me or the best you that you can possibly be. So finally, you know, once, you know, this involuntary timeout is, is over with, 
There's a lot of things that uh, we, we made, you know, we were very productive with the time that we had. So that's what I would encourage everyone. Just be productive. Don't sit back and worry about things that you can't control, but really and truly utilize this as an opportunity to pour into yourself and to make yourself better with the time that you've always asked for but never had. That's sound advice. Lisa? I, I just think that's amazing advice, and that's it's something I needed to hear today. It's, I just Every time I open up my email, it's another like discouraging thing <laughs> with work and, you <laughs> yeah. know, right now. And, and so, and, you know, and just that, you know, we're kind of quarantined with our families at home. <laughs> getting, 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 ti- getting tired of them kids, ain't you? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, they're, they're teenagers are driving me crazy and eating literally everything as they can, as fast as they can. Um, but, yes. but, but, you know, it's like, you know, we never get this time. We're always so busy with school and work and sports in our house. And so... It is. Uh oh, Lisa. One oh, of advice. Oh, there she is. I needed to hear it today. Yeah. Thank you, thank you, Corey. Oh, no, you're welcome. Very nice. And and again, Corey. Corey's information is if you uh, first of all, he is a uh, uh, two-time NCAA decathlete. I think that's what you call it, and he, yeah. which is which is ten, ten um, events in two days, and he was on his way to the Olympics. He ripped up his knee or his his right behind his knee, and uh, then he turned into a motivational speaker. He got a a a, a master, a PhD. He's he's an extraordinary man, and uh, I'm just so glad that you came on the show today. And I'm, I'm glad that uh, that uh, we touch bases because because you you really are somebody that we can hold up as as uh living your life to the fullest well thank you hey listen i greatly appreciate the opportunity to meet yourself and lisa again her amazing um story and just an opportunity for me just to share encouragement especially in the times that we're dealing with now just to inspire and to uh push push individuals to be the best they can possibly be so thank you for giving me this platform and it's certainly been an honor and uh, if somebody wants to work with you remotely, you can work with anybody in the world, right? Yes, I can work with anyone. I can work with anyone in the world. Uh, again, uh, you know, I do mental development. Um, I've worked with several athletes, uh, really and truly. You know, we can also, I can do, you know, fitness workouts, things of that nature. But a lot of it is the mental. Um, you know, to me, the secret to being a well-rounded individual is, is strengthening up the mental through mental training. And once the mind is strong, you'd be surprised, you know, where from a vision point of view, you have to be able to see yourself in a moment of greatness and, um, and, and to, by eliminating the distractions or the perceived distractions that we feel as though we have. And when we're able to, uh, to, to learn how to, uh, to tune into that particular side of us, that's, that's nothing that we can't accomplish. So, I believe that to be true, sir. And you're living proof. So, so there. No, thank you. <laughs> it's, it's, <laughs> thank you, sir. It's, it's great to have you on today again. Corey Hicks has been our guest. And uh, go to his website, www.coachcoreyhicks.com. And he's got a couple of books there. They're well worth getting. And, uh, and then call him up and have him work with you. But i got to caution you that if you're going to work with him, you're going to have to do the work. Would that be a fair statement? Yes, 
That's right. You have to be willing to do the things that everyone else is unwilling to do. That's it. Lisa, any last closing thoughts? Um, also, Coach Corey, how do we find you on Instagram? So I'm on Instagram at CoachCoreyHicks.com. Uh, I mean, no, I'm sorry, just Coach Corey Hicks at Coach, Coach Corey, Corey Hicks. Okay. And that's what, that's okay. right. And that's what the E, Corey with the E, okay. or you can get me at Facebook uh, under my name, Corey Hicks. On Facebook. So. Great. Great. You, Lisa, you must. Lisa, you must have teenagers if you know about Instagram. Right? Yeah. Because I don't know about such things yet. So, but in, yeah. in, in any event, in any event. So, Corey, what's coming up for you next? Yeah. Uh, just, well, things are a little bit, you know, I, I had some projects that I was working on, but uh, since since we have, uh, you know, with this, this kind of time out, but I'm um, probably, I'm going to be speaking. I have a couple of things that I'm doing this summer, depending on how things work out uh, a couple of events in Orlando. And I, I'm always, you know, my schedule, I try not to keep my schedule too packed uh, because of the other things that I'm doing. But if, if someone is looking for someone to speak to a group, to inspire them, a corporate group uh, to put together uh, leadership workshops, uh, certainly, uh, that's within my wheelhouse. Uh, I really and truly, um, one of the, and I, I would tell people too, it's a great book. Uh, and his name is Bill George. And he was the CEO uh, with Medtronics. He was also a mentor to Oprah. And he always talked about preparing everything with the end in mind. And, uh, and I think that's so important uh, for us to understand and also understand about EQ, emotional intelligence. Um, you know, emotional intelligence, everyone can have IQ, but the EQ is just, being in tune, learning about individuals and learning how to lead through authenticity. But, you know, we lead by understanding uh, others, you know, understanding the feelings and knowing how to get the best out of individuals. And that, you know, that means that you got to take time to get, get a chance to know individuals. So I love doing things like that. I love emotional intelligence, leadership workshops, uh, empowerment workshops. So if anyone is looking for anything like that, hey, give you know, shoot me an email, and I'll be more than happy to work with you. So, and you you deserve a day off as much as you work. Yes, yes. So I I try to from that point of view, um, I try to do maybe I, I want to say no more than eight the the ten big events a year when it comes to that. On top of everything else that I'm doing, so I'm very selective. But if it's something that I feel is going to be impactful. Uh, just as a matter of fact, I just came back from London and it was great. It was called the Leap and Shine Conference. And this was an amazing conference. Uh, this was just in London uh, in uh, mid-February. And this was 18 thought leaders, uh, speakers, motivational speakers and thought leaders from all across the country. And we did a two-day conference there and it was powerful. Um, I would highly recommend, uh, if, you know, just to kind of tune in and maybe uh, as a conference comes about next year, we can give some additional information. But uh, one of the highlights for me being at that conference is I was able to win a global motivational award uh, at the Leap and Shine conference. So that was awesome. So you never know. That's why I always tell people, and all that you do, you know, do your best in all that you do because you never know who's looking. You never know who's paying attention. And this was something that was unexpected. And it's based upon just me working in my passion and, uh, and staying true. Uh, staying true to who I am and working in my lane. So I encourage you, you know what? You may feel as though the things that you're doing now is going to notice people are not paying your attention or you say financially it's not worth it. 
but your gifts and talents will make room for you. So keep working in your element, keep working in your purpose, and everything that's supposed to come your way will. So, You know, it's interesting that uh, um, Brandy Miller, who was also at that conference, that's yes. how, that's how yes. we got connected. And I'm that's so, right. Brandy is phenomenal. She's awesome. She's an amazing person. And I'm so glad that we got connected because it, it, it is phenomenal what you're doing. And, and I encourage you to go work with Corey if you want to do the work, because I got the feeling that he is not going to put up with anything else. <laughs> That's right. You have to do it. You have to do, you have to, you, you have to see yourself in the moment of greatness. That's it. And you have to be willing to do it. So, um, but it can be done. I don't believe in, you know, people say, I just don't believe in what I cannot do. You know, you can do anything if you put yourself in a position to be great. So I feel that anyone can accomplish. And and on your way to accomplishing it, sometimes you find what your true purpose is. So, you know, if, if, if we started trying to do one thing and you discovered another, then it still was worth the time and effort because now you're, you're finally in the place that you should have been all along. That's awesome. Lisa, I, I, you've had a good time uh, listening to this today, haven't you? Oh, oh yes. Yes. I, and I've, I've taken notes, and, and I'm going to have to put some of your quotes on my wall here in my office because just, just such an amazing um, call. And, and so just to tell all the rest of our viewers um, listening today on my independence report, please share this. This is just such a great message with Coach Corey. And please share it. Please like it. You can listen after it's been uploaded to Spotify. And and please share Coach Corey's message. It's, it's just such a great um, info that we all got to hear today. So, yeah, thank you so much, Coach Corey. We really appreciate you and and your time. Well, thank you again. I, I, I greatly appreciate you both for having me on. It's been an awesome experience, so thank you. And I have to tell you, Corey, from the bottom of my heart, if people will listen to this, will take it to heart, we can change the world. That's, yes. that's, what, that's what this is all about, is we can, we can make the significant changes, we can change the world and make it a very positive place where we can all work together as one to save our planet. I think I said that before, but I'll say it again. It's, so that's, that's, that's the idea, and I thank you for being part of it. I need to have you on again. Will you do that? Yeah. Yes. yes, just let me know. I definitely will come on again. This has been great, and uh, I most certainly will do it. So just let me know. That is awesome. Lisa, any closing thoughts? No, I just, just, you know, I'm absorbing it all. It's amazing. So thank you, Coach Corey. And Coach, thank you so much for, for doing this. This, is, this has been great fun. And again, go to uh, um, um, Podbean and you can download it and, uh, and you can save it for forever, and that's, which is great. So with that, I hope everybody has a great day. Wash your hands. Take care of each other, and, uh, and we'll see you next time on My Independence Report. Hey, and thanks for listening to this episode all the way to the end. Hey, pretty cool. Hey, don't forget to follow us so you can receive regular updates and new posts. And remember, take care of each other because each other's all we've got. See you next time on My Independence Report.